Hey everybody, welcome to Golf Words and Stories. My name is Chris McEwen. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube at Chris McEwen. Uh, about the YouTube, while I have you here real quick, uh, I've put together a little giveaway. So that channel is quickly approaching 500 subscribers. Uh, and uh, although it doesn't mean anything in the big picture, uh, it's a fun little milestone for me. So uh, if you haven't already and you want to enter into the contest, you should go and subscribe to youtube.com slash Chris McEwen. Uh, we've got a little prize package put together for a winner. Uh, and as soon as we hit that 500 subscribers, we're going to do a drawing. So get in there now. Um, we've got quite the little package of goodies here. So first, uh, 50 bucks for uh, secondcity.com, our, our store online. Uh, I've got hats and shirts there. Um, Bill Bush of Driving Range Heroes has some stuff. Adam Fonseca of Golf Unfiltered has some stuff. So you can go and, and buy whatever it is you want from that store. We're also giving away a shot scope range finder. Uh, we're giving away one of those. If you follow me on Twitter or Instagram already, you've probably seen it. Uh, the handmade wooden clocks, uh, those golf ball clocks, which are just beautiful that my little brother, Scotty, uh, has started to make by hand. Uh, they're just incredible. They have a backlit LED with a remote. It's a whole thing. They're, they're great. Uh, and they don't click, which is wonderful because I have a clock in my office that I have taken the battery out of because it's constantly clicking every second. But uh, anyways, so we're giving that stuff away. And then uh, the two big ones, I feel like we're giving away a brand new Maverick driver. And to go along with that brand new Maverick driver, uh, Club Champion will give you a fitting for the driver that you win. So maybe the shaft isn't right or what have you, and you want to replace the shaft. You can go get a free fitting, complimentary fitting uh, to get properly dialed up with your brand new driver. So pretty good deal all around. Pretty pretty good stuff. So if you want to be involved in that, if you want to check it out, uh, go to the YouTube channel, subscribe, and then uh, that will be part one of you entering the contest. There will be one other step, but it's not going to be very difficult. Uh, and then you'll be entered. Um, and you'll probably have a pretty good chance of winning, quite honestly. So go ahead over and do that. Uh, now, the show. Let's talk about the show. Uh, Rick Moe is my guest, a.k.a at Rick Golf's TX on Twitter and Instagram. You should go and follow him there. He actually, he's just started to, to do a little bit more uh, stuff on the Instagram. And you should really check that out because this guy plays some golf courses, ladies and gentlemen, some really, really good golf courses, a lot. Uh, so he posts some great pictures uh, on the Instagram. It's a fun account to follow. Uh, so go and do that. But Again, I just, before we get to, to Rick, uh, I want to just take a moment to say thank you to, uh, to Brock and to Zane and to Nate and to Rick, uh, you know, for just making this a really, really fun month for me. Um, I will definitely 100% do another Twitter pal slash listener appreciation month because it was really cool to, you know, take these personalities that you see online and and kind of fact check them in real life and, and have a conversation with these guys and find out, thankfully, that those personalities are one and the same. So who you see online is who you get in real life. And it's just, I'm so thankful for that. And, you know, again, I've said it a million times now, this podcast, this selfish endeavor uh, has given me this opportunity to, to meet these people and to talk to them and have like real conversations. 
uh, and it's been great. So thank you to them. Thank you so much to people that are listening and talking about the show on Twitter. Uh, I, you know, it's just, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. It means the world to me. Um, so thank you everybody. Thank you so much. Uh, okay. And by the way, subscribe to the show on uh, Apple or Spotify or whatever, and then you'll get more of these. But, uh, I, I will do this again. I, I really, I really, really enjoyed it. And I think a lot of other people enjoyed it too, to be able to kind of match up these personalities. So, um, okay. Now the show for real, the t- this time, the show, uh, Rick Mo is, is a great dude. Uh, learned a lot about Rick. Again, all I really knew about Rick was that he somehow worked his way onto all these amazing golf courses all the time, but, but there's a lot more to him, obviously. And so we learn about Rick a lot. Uh, but the first thing we learned about Rick is that he is a huge Pearl Jam fan, which means, and it's been so long. I feel like it's been weeks since we've heard a Pearl Jam song. So we got to start the show with the Pearl Jam song. So let's start the show with a deep cut Pearl Jam song. Rick, first, thank you for, um, I gave you an option of what song, uh, and you gave me a, a really nice list. I'm actually, uh, pretty impressed. I think you and I, uh, align very much on our musical tastes, but you chose, uh, Pearl Jam's I Got Id, uh, which is kind of a deep cut, which is why I chose it because it was on like an EP. Uh, it wasn't on a main album. It was kind of a hit when it came out, so to speak, but, um, I'll let you like, is there anything you know, that is behind the enjoyment of that song or is it just a song that you like? No, it's just, it's a song that I like. I love Pearl Jam. Uh, you know, back in the day, I think you're old enough to know this. You couldn't download every song you wanted. You had to find them, get bootlegs, do whatever. And so I was a total nerd. I did all that, but not a nerd in like, like you, I don't know anything <laughs> about the music. I don't know anything. I just like songs that sound good. And that yeah. was one of them. That's one of my yeah. favorites. Just, the song's just awesome. Yeah, it is an awesome song. Um, it's funny that you mentioned bootlegs. I so yeah, man. I was uh, I you know even back then I'm a lifelong uh, Ten Club member, which is like the Pearl Jam fan club thing, and um, signed up for it when I was whatever 14 or 15 year olds. My mom wrote the check that I could mail in <laughs> to the club. Uh, I got the Christmas singles every year because they would send Christmas singles. I was a psycho. Um, but yeah, those bootlegs. I've got. Um, I actually had at one time the. Uh, the, the soldier field bootleg when they played in Chicago here in 1995. And that thing was so hard to track down. I got a bootleg of the uh, unplugged 
performance that they did in New York. Um, and you had to trade like whatever bootlegs you oh, had. Yeah. You could, it was hard you to, to like, find. Yeah. You had to, you had to have some, uh, some Pearl Jam bootleg currency to trade for other people to do them. So you had said you've seen them, right? You've gone and seen Pearl Jam. Oh yeah. I saw them in Boise about, um, 20 some years ago. It was whenever George W. Bush was running for president, okay. they got in trouble. I don't know. Like they burned yeah. a mask of him or something. And they talked yeah. about them, but, but the, the concert rock, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember those days. Uh, I mean, he wrote a song called Bush Leaguer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was not a fan. <laughs> vague, a kind of vague reference to him. Uh, you're like, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I got id, uh, as I mentioned it, you know, it was, a. I will tell you some facts about it that I know anyways, it was, um, uh, an EP that went, it was actually supposed to be, so it was recorded when Neil Young was recording, uh, Mirrorball, his record Mirrorball, and and Vetter and Young had talked about those two songs actually being on that record. It wasn't going to be a separate thing, uh, but there were like legal issues between the labels or something, so they just released it on, uh, you know, like alongside Mirrorball, which is why the EP is called uh, Wrecking Ball, I think, or Merkin Ball, Merkin Ball, Merkin um, Ball, yep. Yeah. And then uh, it's Neil Young playing guitar on I Got It. He's the one playing the lead. I did not know that. Yeah, that's Neil Young. He played the lead um, in I Got It and he played what's called a pump organ on the other song that's on that EP, um, Long Road. So that was the that's how they kind of tied those things together. And the funny story, I think Vetter told the story once that um, they got into the studio. Neil went into a room to like write songs for Mirrorball. And the band was in another room writing, you know, their two or three songs that were going to be on that album. At the time, they thought it was going to be on the album. And uh, they wrote the two songs, <laughs> Long Road and I Got Id. And Neil wrote an album. Like he came <laughs> out with like 12 songs. Uh, and yeah, so that, I always found it. I always kind of carry out. Do you know what the actual uh, original title was of I Got Id? No idea. I Got Shit. Really? That was that's what the original song was, but the label is like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> so it yeah. ended up being I got in. Um, okay. Anyways, man. So that's a that was I. We are already kindred spirits. We've known each other for five minutes. Uh, but you know, Pearl Jam bonds all you know fans of Pearl Jam. Like, oh yeah, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm a nut. Uh, so <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. Yeah, I've been. I've seen every show that's been in the Chicago vicinity except for two since they started playing. Um, and awesome. it's mostly just a benefit of being in that silly club of, of theirs because we get first draft of tickets uh, and being very lucky in some cases. <laughs> like I saw them at uh, house of blues here, which is probably like a 300 person venue uh, just because I, Oh, that would be rocking. That would be, it awesome. was unbelievable. Yeah. Un anyways. Uh, yeah, welcome to the show. Thanks for doing this. Um, Thanks for having me. I have I have so many questions. I'm trying to think. I almost like asked Twitter, you know, golf Twitter to send me questions because I know everyone kind of is wondering the same kind of stuff. And you you sent me some things uh, to kind of work off of, <laughs> um, which is really interesting because there's there's I mean there's an obvious question because you play. I'm surprised you're not on a golf course right now. <laughs> like some like a top fifty in the world golf course. Oh geez, come on. <laughs> but um, but let's start. You're you're in you're in Texas now. Yep. Right. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Um, but you weren't always in Texas. You grew right. up somewhere 
very, very far and much colder than Texas. Yes. Uh, so I grew up in Anchorage, Alaska, which is not a good place to grow up if you want to golf. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't grow up with golf at all. So I, I listened to a lot of your, your podcasts and a lot of people will reminisce about, you know, their childhood and golfing with dad or grandpa and didn't have any of that. No one in my family golfs. No one likes it. I come from an extremely unathletic family. Like sports are not a thing. They don't exist. Um, and so I didn't golf. And then uh, when I was about 20 or 21, a friend of mine kind of, we just wanted to get into it. Some guys at work, I was a soda delivery guy. The managers played golf. So we were like, Hey, you know, let's start golfing. Um, but it was winter time in Alaska. So in winter time in Alaska, you can't golf. So we actually, I learned how to golf indoors on a screen 20 years ago, um, which I don't suggest as a way to learn golf. Um, (laughs) but it it was a fun way to learn golf. You know, it gave us something to do in the winter. So you saw, so you really just picked up clubs because you saw it as a way to sort of, uh, was it like kind of gratiate yourself and gratiate yourself with management or you, or you saw man, you're like, if management's doing that, I should probably do that too. Yeah. I think kind of a little both and just like to bond, right. You want to have something you want to do what everyone else is doing. Yeah. And all of the people who are making good money were golfing. And so <laughs> I was like, okay, let's learn how to golf. Um, little did I know that golfing would become an obsession, but yeah. it, at the time it was just, Hey, this will get us in a circle so we can get to know all these old, you know, typical golfers, right. 40 and 50 and 60 year old dudes, you know, managers out golfing. Yeah. And, and that's who you wanted to be when you were, young and just trying to get started in your career. Yeah. So you were delivering soda as a 20 something as a 20 year old. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was a soda delivery guy for Pepsi. Okay. And, um, and so it was a good job. I liked it. And at lunchtime we'd go to the indoor place, hit a bucket of balls or play around a golf in an hour. It was actually pretty fun. And, um, yeah. and then the problem is we learned indoors. So we played indoors for an entire season of winter. Yeah. Thought we were good at golf because back then they didn't read spin very well. You right. putted on a 10 foot putting green. And so we were shooting in like the seventies and then we got oh, outside man. and were immediately shooting in the one thirties. Like right. it, it was a big blow to the ego. So, but this was 20 years ago. The systems were horrible. They were not, you know, what they are today. Yeah. They were very yeah, simple. That's- that's, I was going to ask, like, so when you hit your first outdoor golf ball, where you're like, wait, what is happening? Right now? <laughs> What's going on? Like, that's exactly what happened. And in fact, it was still winter. So we went and bought like 80 shag balls from a used sporting goods store and a little hitting mat. We went out to a field, shoveled the snow and just started whacking into the field because we were, we wanted to see what it was like. And I want to say we hit like 80 straight shanks and thin shots and slices. It was awful. It was a real blow to the ego and, and it did not get better for a long time. But, uh, but yeah, it's a fun way to learn golf. It's a little different than, than most people learn it. Yeah. That's uh, man. You guys really did get hooked hard, huh? That's a lot oh, yeah. of work just to hit balls in the cold <laughs> outside. Yeah, it was, and it was really dumb and uh, it did not right. help us. But some field, we actually did it twice. And so there's some field in Alaska that has just a bunch of old golf balls sitting in it. <laughs> it's kind of funny how uh, the whole simulator thing has kind of really come full circle. Like obviously the technology is better, but now I feel like it's still used even more so as a gateway into golf. Oh yeah, 
Absolutely. five irons out there and you've got all kinds of different things. Even top golf is, is kind of similar to that, you know, where you just go out and whatever hit balls, but at least you're not, uh, I didn't even know like 20 years ago, what was the simi like how I didn't even know there were really simulators back then. Yeah. I mean, it was called party golf and it was like I said, it was simple. It was simplistic, but you could play. I mean, we played Coeur d'Alene. We played Pebble beach, I think. So it had the courses, but you just have to yeah. picture the graphics of 20 years ago. <laughs> you know, blocky and slow. And, but most importantly, it didn't read spin very well. So you could hit a 50 yard slice and it would show it straight. And that was the real thing we learned is outdoors. The ball spins. (laughs) So when did you make your way here or, you know, to the States, I guess, to the 48, I want to, I guess we should call them. Yeah. So shortly after that, when I was about 21, 22, moved down to Boise, Idaho. Um, just for no reason. We just, we knew people who had moved there and liked it. So we, we just moved there um, and just kind of started life over. I was, I didn't like the winters in Alaska. So we kind of went to another cold place that was, you know, the winters are less harsh in Boise. Um, yeah. But that's, that, that's what it is. We literally just picked the spot to move and that was the one that ended up being. Um, it was affordable and, and cool and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, were you still, did you continue playing golf at this point? Were you like full on crazy golfer when you got to Boise? Oh yeah. Uh, crazy obsessed, not good. I mean, even on the drive through Canada, like was we drove, it was like, uh, I don't remember how long, but it was a long drive from Alaska to Idaho through Canada. We stopped and I stopped in golf at like random golf courses that I can't even remember sadly. Did you? Um, and uh, we stopped and I had no money. We were broke and I stopped and played Coeur d'Alene because I had seen it on the simulator. I wanted to play sure. at Island Green. So yeah, I put yeah. it on the credit card because I couldn't afford it. And I played Coeur d'Alene as one of my first courses, which is saying I probably shot a 115, but it was fun. Yeah. Um, and, so uh, the, did the simulator thing kind of give you this whole, uh, I want to go and play all these different courses thing? It's like, I, because I didn't really, I, I came into uh, to the game later than you did, really. Um, and I would say uh, the past five years, maybe, thanks to, you know, you and, and the likes on golf Twitter that continue to in, introduce me to courses. Like I didn't really have that want. I had my, yeah, my like four local places, but like that was good enough. So is that yep. like, did you, did you have that same kind of thing even back then? So I, I really didn't. Um, in fact, the vast majority of the good golf, like the great golf I have played in the last two years of my life. Okay. Um, so back then I would occasionally do some golf travel, but it's like the generic golf resort, you know, type of thing, not yeah, yeah. top 100 right. courses, not good right. courses. And I always had fun, but, uh, for most of my life, it's been whatever the local muni, the local public courses. Um, and I've played a lot of them, but it was never, it was like, what's $50 or less. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and yeah. that's kind of how we picked it. What's the best course that's $50. Yeah. Right. That's exactly. And so, okay, yeah, so golf anyways, travel wasn't a thing. So you came down to Boise, uh, mm-hmm shortly after uh, becoming hooked on golf and then you just kept running away from winters. Yeah. Is that the way yes. that it worked? Um, basically just job offers and stuff did it, but that ended up happening, moved to Utah, then moved to Phoenix. Um, and oddly enough, that was kind of during my golf wall where I had okay. two young kids and no money. So <laughs> I just didn't golf. Like, so I lived in Phoenix for three years and I think I golfed three times which seems oh, really wow. dumb now, <laughs> wow. yeah. but you know, when you know how it is, if you have young kids and no money oh, and no time, sure. like you just, you can't play. 
So yeah. I, it's weird to think about living in Phoenix and not golfing now, but you know, that's just the way it is. So, yeah. um, and then, and then opportunity come, came to move to Dallas, took it. And then that's kind of when I got back into golf again, I took about 10 years off in the middle of serious golfing. Yeah. We're going to talk about your golf hiatus. <laughs> uh, cause, cause well, Brock, Brock already gave me a heads up, uh, around, um, your whole like kind of life that you lived, uh, which kind of makes sense now considering like you're always, you're always chatting up, uh, what's his name? Ray, the, like the hardcore, like professional YouTube gamer. Oh yeah. Twitter. Rambo. Yeah. 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 Rambo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm assuming that's how you guys became friends. So it, kind of, yes. I mean, we have a bunch of mutual acquaintances from my days when I was in gaming, which I guess this is where you're going, right? Yeah. So yeah, during my golf lull, I replaced golf with Call of Duty, um, which <laughs> hopefully there's some people out there who can relate. I think a lot of um, golfers probably millions. weren't into Call of Duty. Yeah, millions. I don't yeah, know. If they're, the, yeah, they're the golfers right. that were This audience, to. yeah, we don't know. Uh, right. Fair. But, uh, but yeah, I got hardcore into Call of Duty. So I was, uh, when I moved to Dallas, I wasn't golfing. I was starting my own business. Me and a couple of buddies were starting a company. Uh, so I was working 12 hours a day. I'd come home and spend three hours with the family. And then I'd play Call of Duty for like six hours. And then I'd sleep for three hours and I'd do it again. Wow. And uh, so I met a bunch of guys who ended up becoming huge YouTubers, multimillionaires. I mean, even today I'll talk to them. Um, it's crazy because YouTube exploded, Twitch exploded, yeah. but back then it was all very small. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, and, and it's a, it was a big call of duty community and that's what I did for like eight years. I didn't golf. I played call of duty, which is kind of yeah. weird to think about now. Cause I don't play games at all, but, uh, but it was a fun ride. It was, it was definitely different. <laughs> did you have a YouTube channel for your call of duty stuff? Did you do the whole uh, thing? Oh yeah. I did the whole thing. I did. You? I was on Twitch, did YouTube very early on. Like it, you know, things weren't near as big. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, my channel at the time had millions of views and that, you know, 50,000 subscribers. So it was actually, you know, I was making money, but at some <laughs> point my business had to come first. I had my real life business where I was employing people. And so I was just like, gosh, I can't do this anymore. So I just had to yeah. cut it cold Turkey. Um, and I regret it now because <laughs> some of the guys that I played video games with, I mean, literally have multi-million dollar sponsorship deals or make $50,000 a month. I'm, and it's just insane what it turned into. Not that I could have done that, but it's pretty crazy what it's turned into. Have you, so you just, you stopped, you never, you don't play at all anymore. No, over the last couple of years, I just stopped completely. I'm too damn tired. Wow. You know, you get older, you can't stay up. I can't stay up past 10 anymore. Right. So I just, I go to sleep and then video games are a nighttime thing. Yeah. And it's sure. also a young man. You don't talk about a young man's game. Try playing Call of Duty against 15 year olds and <laughs> it just doesn't work. All they do is camp out, man. They all just sit <laughs> and camp out and they just shoot you in the, in the brain right when you regenerate. And it's like, come on. Yes. And that's, and that's what I am now. I was good for a while. It caught up to me and I can't go back to, it's like shooting in the eighties and then going back to one twenties. I can't do that. You know, <laughs> it was time to hang them up. But yeah, that was a really fun ride. I'm still friends with a lot of those guys. And like I said, some of them are superstars, celebrities in their, in that world. It's a world yeah, where yeah. I think a lot of the people listening to this probably have no idea what I'm talking about, right. but you know, I'm talking people with millions of followers and, uh, um, it's amazing. It's a, it's a crazy thing. Yeah. It's amazing there. I mean, there are leagues like literal 
leagues. Like, oh yeah, Ram- Rambo's in a league. Yeah, so like Rambo, a- um, he's a team captain of a team. Uh, a franchise in uh, Call of Duty costs twenty five million dollars. So just to give you an idea of how much money's in it, Jesus. he's a team captain of one, but he's also a scratch handicap who bombs it, like hits it like three ten. So playing golf with him, it's I mean it's awesome. He's just such a great guy, but. Uh, it's crazy how good he is at golf too. Cause he just, he's great at call of duty and then he's even better at golf. Yeah. If, uh, if, if Rambo's listening to this, uh, those kind of people really get on my nerves. Like you can't be <laughs> that good at that t- at two, Like I'm over here just being average at one thing because there's so many people in the world that are just hogging all the talent. And uh, it's really, it's not fair at all. Yeah. Oh, you're telling me he's also like a pro- professional level bowler too. So, oh, come on, bowls, man. so, so yeah, but luckily he's Canadian. So he's just the greatest guy you'll, you'll meet. He's just so nice. So right, right. it all works out. He yeah. does seem like a good guy. Uh, yeah, he's uh, awesome. so I guess it's, I guess it's fine. If you want to find all the talent. <laughs> um, all right. So let's go back to golf now that, that I was very curious about that whole thing. Um, just that whole world just fascinates me in general. Uh, yeah. because of like, we've, we saw it sort of like blossom. We saw this thing happen, you know, between YouTube and the gaming stuff. Like, you know, we are the generation of what, I mean, I started probably on a, on Atari or, yes, or exactly. Coleco or something. Right. And we, <laughs> I mean, we've been through the, the, you know, the whole gaming thing. So um, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Uh, okay. Let's get back to the golf. Okay. When did you break? When did you break a hundred? Because I know you you've broken a hundred now. Tell me the story about when and so, where and how you broke a hundred. It's funny because that's actually it's actually a long time ago. We're talking about um, on my honeymoon we went to Hawaii. Okay. Um, and I had once again I had no money. Like our tickets were a present, and we're staying at a Best Western in Hawaii. But I wanted to golf so bad, and I wanted to golf these cool courses. So I was paying like $250 to play these courses and keep in mind, I'm shooting one thirties. Like I went to <laughs> Kapalua had a course back then called the, I went to play the plantation course, the famous one. They wow, aerated yeah. that morning and they wanted me to pay the full price. So I said, no. So I played like their third course, which they closed. It doesn't even exist anymore. And I kid you not, I think I shot a one forty. So I was almost paying and, and, you know, I paid two hundred seventy dollars, so I guess my value was okay. But right. but you that's saw how a lot bad of the golf course, right? You covered yeah. a lot of the, of the land, right? <laughs> um, so then they had a course called McKenna, which is now private, um, but it's an amazing course there. And at the time, it was public. And uh, yeah, so that the first time I broke one hundred was actually at this wonderful resort course that's now ultra private. And so it's just I couldn't break one hundred. I would shoot like one ten, one fifteen, and then out of nowhere, I shot a ninety eight. I also got my first birdie on the same day. Cause I never really? heard before the same course. So to do it there is a pretty special memory. Um, and then I think it took me like 20 rounds to do it again. Um, but, <laughs> but course. still it, it made spending $1,500 on golf that week when I had no money, pretty, it made it worth it. Um, at least now back then it was really stupid because yeah, I won't get into that, but we were really stupid with money. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, is, is your wife like an amazing human being? Like she's got to be the most supportive and patient person like on earth. Yeah. I mean, she just lets me golf. Like if she's like, if, Hey, if it makes you happy, she's more like happy with a book and, and hanging out with the dogs type of person. Um, yeah. And so when I want to go golf, it doesn't bother her. She'll hang out with the kids and, and the dogs yeah. and, and a book. And 
So even when I was golfing, it didn't bother her on our honeymoon. Um, we would go do whatever after, you know, and see the beach and go sure. hike and walk around town. But, but yeah, she would just hang out in the car with me and we'd ride around. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, even to, you know, back in the day, like, you know, when you're, you know, scraping for money to spend on stuff and she's like, yes, if it makes you happy, it's fine. <laughs> Put us in debt. It's okay. Right. Yeah. Like, it's, that was, uh, yeah, that part was both of our immature brains and just being stupid. Um, <laughs> like, I don't think it was a, yeah, it was kindness, but it was also just the fact that we were dumb. You know how you're, when you're dumb, credit card oh debt doesn't God. seem real. Oh, yeah. well, I, I mean, were you a young parent? I mean, you're probably still a young parent. I'm a young parent. Like my <laughs> kids are, my kids are all in college at the moment. Uh, uh-huh. true. One of them graduated college. Two of them are oh, in, wow. uh, in college. Yeah. So I was like, you know, early 20 parent of small children and we like straight up vacationed on credit cards. Oh yeah. I mean, exactly the same did, story. Like, yeah. Exactly want to go to Disney same. world. Let's go. I got I got yeah. this fresh credit card here. Let's get on it. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, my, I had my daughter when I was 23 and my son when I was okay. 25. So yeah, there, okay. my daughter's already in college and my son is a junior in high school. Um, yeah. but yeah, we, we, everything we did was on credit cards, uh, until about age 30. And then, right. uh, it was a, a tough thing to dig out of, but it was a learning yeah. experience. Hopefully I won't do, right. do that again. Yeah. <laughs> At 30, you're like, what have I done? What have I done? <laughs> yeah. When, when your interest payment is like $500 a month, you know, right. you're doing something wrong. Right. Um, but, uh, but you know, it, it, that stuff happens and you learn from it. Ho- hopefully you learn from it and, uh, and then things turn out. Okay. Usually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So you also, you put a note in here that you're, you play all this golf now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you, you just got back last week. Uh, we were supposed to have the interview, but you're, you knew that you'd be too worn out to do it because you were, you were on another golf trip. You were in tobacco road, which I want to talk yep. about this because I really appreciated your, um, your honesty after returning. Um, but you're, you claim to be mediocre. Define oh, mediocre. Absolutely. Define that. What does mediocre mean to you? <laughs> well, first of all, part of it is the context of how much I golf, right? Because right, um, like currently I'm at my career low handicap. The lowest okay. I've ever hit actually was recently. It was like a 9.8. Okay. Um, currently back up to a 10.4. And that's the lowest it's ever been. Now in the scheme of golf, considering how many hacks there are, that's probably mm-hmm. above average. Mm-hmm. But when you golf like me, hundred and I'm going to golf hopefully 120 times this year, I should hopefully be better than that. So that's yeah, the mediocre this, for how much I golf. So you and I are very the same that way. I have, I'm at like a 12. I, I go back and forth. Like I'll, I'll flirt with, you know, a single digit and then it doesn't happen or whatever. It fluctuates, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so the people that know me that don't play any golf, I'm certain based on the amount of golf that I play, that we play, they think I'm shooting like at least in the seventies. If they oh, even yeah, know what that means, sure. but they, I mean, the <laughs> assumption is I'm, I'm the, be- unfortunately for them, I feel so bad about this. I'm probably the best golfer they know. Yes. And I, yeah. and I, <laughs> good, right. But here's what I decided, Rick, this was just last week. Um, because I, very similar to you, I'm probably playing already this early in the season. Uh, I'm very comfortable with my game. I'm striking the ball. Well, there's a couple of bad breaks here and there, a couple missed putts that I should have made. Of course, we all know that's that's golf, right? Um, I've just decided that I'm a good golfer. Like, you know what? Oh, really? I, I'm I a like good that. golfer. 
<laughs> regardless of yeah, regardless of the score, I can like these past couple of rounds. Maybe I'm just on this like on this high because I've been striking it well. Well, but um, these last few rounds, I've been pretty much I've I've been able to do what I want with the golf ball in the air, right? Mm-hmm. So if I think, and this is the first time it's really kind of been that consistent, like, you know what? I want to fade this into the green. I want to draw this over this way or whatever. Um, for the most part, I can do it. And so I've just decided like, you know what? Screw it. I'm calling myself a good golfer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. And I, know, I like thing, it. Yeah. The other thing that's happened is it's kind of freed me up. You know, like I'm not trying as hard. Someone I think, um, today on Twitter said like, you have to find that, that, uh, there's like the sweet spot of not caring, but mm-hmm. not trying as hard as possible. Right. You got to find that little middle ground. I think maybe that's where I've decided to be. I'm just going to live there this year and let the ball fall where it may. So be it. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. My I, I agree with that a hundred percent. And I was a rage monster when I was young. Um, and when I say rage, I mean, throwing clubs, I've thrown clubs into lakes. I, uh, <laughs> I almost got in fights a couple of times with people because I hated slow players so much. And so, oh, you know, this is when I was like in my early 20s. And yeah. Um, yeah. I can actually remember I was at when I quit being a giant baby was I was at Paiute in Las Vegas and I threw a three wood into the desert about 40 yards, <laughs> planning on abandoning it. And the two uh, people we were paired with, strangers, they would not let me. And then one of them went out into the desert and got it for me. And I felt so bad and stupid that I said, I'll never throw another club because it was just embarrassing, yeah. right? And I did. Yeah. So that was it for club throwing. And then, uh, and then yeah. it took me another 10 years and probably last three years, I've been totally calm. Like golf, I'm so blessed to golf. Any day I'm golfing, I'm blessed. And, uh, but it took me yeah. about 17 years of golf to learn that, which is pretty stupid. Now, did golf bring that out of you? Did you know that you had that in you or were no. you kind of really just golf? Yeah. Golf and video really? games are the two places where I rage. <laughs> um, anything else in life, I can handle intense business situations. Anything difficult in life is easy uh, if it's real, but things that don't matter like golf and video games. Oh, I would, I would go insane. And then looking at it now, it's embarrassing, but you know, I would, I would, I've said some bad words and, and thrown some things and it, it was not pretty. It's kind of funny. I feel like our generation uh, has, we must have some pent up, you know, uh, emotional. I mean, listen, like we started the show talking about Pearl Jam, right? Like all the angst in that music uh, that just probably seeped into our soul and we had to just get out (laughs) of our system somewhere. And it just happens to be gaming and on the golf course. Um, Yeah. Because, yeah, I I went through the same thing. Yeah. So, you know, in fact, now that you say it that way, I'm going to blame my parents. You know, they got, they got divorced, separated. And, and, and so, you know what, I'm blaming my parents for everything bad I've ever done. That's right. That's just remember it comes around. It comes around. True. It does. (laughs) Sadly. But yeah, that's the, um, that's fair. I think we can do that. Why not? What are they going to do? Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Okay. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about your golf endeavors. Okay. Um, I, I don't know any other way to ask this, but just, um, how, 
how does this how do you do this man like every time i see you on twitter i just i want to live your life like i want to be where you are and be doing what you're doing yeah like people say that all the time um <laughs> and it's like so i'm very lucky i'm very blessed so um and in fact the next two weeks i'm on golf trips like the entire two weeks so <laughs> i'm insanely blessed um but no i just uh at age so 27 when i lived in phoenix me and a couple of my friends you know i had a really good corporate job i had done pretty well for myself but wanted to work for myself so mm -hmm. quit packed everything up downsized sold everything and started a business with a couple of friends of mine so a uh, paper shredding company, which is not glamorous, but you know, those <laughs> shredding trucks that run around. Um, <laughs> we were really good at it. We built it up. Um, we ended up selling it. You know, this isn't like a tech acquisition or anything like that. So don't be thinking these giant numbers. It's just a small <laughs> brick and mortar company, but it was yeah. it, it, that we sold that like five years ago. That gave me like some seed money and, and money that I was comfortable. You know, I'm, I really yeah. am not rich. I promise you. Um, Cause that's what everyone teases me about. You know, do I have a private jet? No, nothing like that. Okay. Um, my, my, and so, so anyway, so, and then about after I did that, I started a new company in the waste business. Um, it's been going for about five years and I brought over some of my ex employees, a bunch of people I can trust. It's doing well. Once again, I'm not making a ton of money or anything, but the important thing is it can run itself. Meaning I've got yeah. great people who I trust who can run the business. So that means, I'm kind of made myself dispensable, which I love as the president <laughs> true, of the company. Man. I don't yeah. have to be there. Um, so then my top of that, my kids are 17 and 18. So you know this, they don't need me anymore. Yep. Um, yep. They're busy with school and stuff. Um, my wife is content with the kids and the dogs and it doesn't need me around all the time. Probably happier with me gone. Um, <laughs> and so that this is just started like two years ago. I really didn't do this. And then about two years ago, I just decided, you know what? I don't, who knows how long your back's going to be good, right? Who, who knows how mm -hmm. long your shoulders and your knees are going to hold up and your wrists, uh, anything can happen. So I'm going to start enjoying my life and, and playing golf. And so about two years ago, really a year and a half, I've been just playing tons of golf, uh, going wherever I can, whenever I get a good invite, I take it because screw it. Life's too short. I'm going to go play golf. Yeah. And, uh, and just meeting tons of people, which has been awesome. I've made more friends in the last two years than I've had my entire life, uh, which is just also awesome. Cause I've, you know, I think I had like three or four friends for most of my life and now it's like golf friends everywhere, which is just awesome. Isn't it great? I, I kind of, yeah, I, it was such an, and it's been such an unexpected, pleasant surprise mm -hmm. is that like, I didn't get into golf to make friends. That's what happens. Like that's totally what happens. Yes. And I find a lot of like-minded people. Um, not that, I mean, people are different. They have different politics, ideas, all that, Sure. but just, they love golf. So they want to share that. And also the type of people who love golf or, you know, they, we, we kind of all get along, you know, even if we have different beliefs, we just kind of all get along about a lot of things. So it just, it works yeah. out awesome. So yeah. it, it's I, been I feel great. Like for the most part, um, or maybe this is just how we choose our golf friends or whatever, but um, we're able to compartmentalize that stuff. Yeah. Because because we are we appreciate the the joy and the love that they have for golf that I have. You know what I mean? So it's like, don't we'll you know we actually are able to like not mess with that. Like just leave it over there 
and and be done with it. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's true. Yeah, so it's it's been awesome. It's been kind of a whirlwind over the last eighteen months. COVID exacerbated it, right? Because yeah. there's nothing yeah. to do. So the golf is the escape. Um, I know. And and just to be blessed, obviously, because it, it's it was a weird thing where the top, you know, a lot of people were golfing last year, whereas a lot of other people didn't have jobs. It was a kind of a weird deal. The golf courses were busier than ever. And yeah. so it was kind of odd, but you know, you, you just got to count your blessings and, and play as much golf as you can. Cause you know, what else can you do? Amen, man. I love the idea too. Um, that, uh, you know, it's finite, like our, our golf games, you know, it's, there's an ex- expiration date there. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, like I guess carpe diem golf style <laughs> and get out there and do it. Right. That's great. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. In, in fact, just recently I was paired with a guy who retired to Pinehurst and promptly severely injured his back. Oh, so, you know, oh. if you, and, and he was, so this first two years in Pinehurst, he didn't golf. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, you know, I, that can happen to anyone can happen to any of us any day. And so if you have the ability and the, the time to golf or do whatever you love, it just seems like you yeah. should do it. Cause you, nothing is uh, guaranteed in the future. Yeah. I just have to, I have a new goal in life and that's to make myself as dispensable as possible. Like <laughs> Rick, Rick level, like dispensable, like, like neither seen nor heard is my, is my best sort of <laughs> way to live life. That's perfect. Yes, I agree. It really is great when when you're not needed. When you're needed every day, like at the beginning of the business, it was not as good. It was still yeah. fun, but when you're working 90 hours a week, it's a different yeah. life. Yeah. yeah. It's fun yeah. In, its own, in its own way. It was great memories, but I'm glad that's over. It's much better yeah. not being needed. Damn, dude, you've really, you, you've seen some stuff. You were delivering soda up in Alaska and here you are in, in Texas as a business owner and, and, and playing golf. Like yeah. good for you. That's, I mean, that in itself. Uh, and the other thing too, is like you're appreciative of it and you're, you're not like a Jag. So that's also great. <laughs> Quite I, I hope not. You don't know me that well yet, but. <laughs> well, I didn't play golf with you when you were crazy. Yeah, you so I would, maybe I would have thought jag, different. So. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I'm really blessed, really lucky. Um, you know, life, life turned out pretty good. Met some good mentors. You know, I didn't, my mom and dad didn't, you know, they were just very normal. My dad was in the military. My mom was a gift shop clerk her whole life. Uh, yeah. And so, and no one in my family has ever graduated from college. I'm hoping my daughter will be the first. Um, so to be able to, to make a good life is pretty awesome and, and exciting. And, yeah. um, and to get to this point, I, I never would have even dreamed that this would be my life at 42. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. By the way, uh, that's funny. Um, God, we have so many similarities other than my golf life isn't nearly as enjoyable as yours, but, <laughs> but so, uh, my daughter will be, uh, the first, like I was the first grad college graduate of my family. Um, mm-hmm. my daughter will be the first That's female. Awesome. Yeah. The first female to graduate college. She, she is the first female, um, in the lineage to, to graduate college. So that's, um, yeah. Hey, that's awesome. And you're a great parent too. Damn, man, you got it all figured out. <laughs> no, I definitely do not have parenting figured out. That has been much more challenging than business. I would compare parenting more to golf. It's, it's definitely tougher, but my, my kids it's are great. The hardest, uh, the hardest but, thing uh, I've ever done. But yeah, yeah definitely yeah. a lot of hard parts of parenting. The teenage years were, the early teen years were brutal, but 
it, that's gone now. So, so you know, do you have, I have friends that are just entering that stage in their life and I'm like, it was nice knowing you, man. Like, I feel so <laughs> bad for you. <laughs> yeah. Like I know every kid's different. I, I, some of my friends have kids who are saints in the teens and I'm like, Oh, I wish I wish my kids went from saints to, um, I mean, they weren't bad kids, but they definitely were different. Yeah. There was, yeah. they were teens. We were all teens. There was so. a change, right. There was a change yeah. of things. Okay. Hor- let's hormones get back to are powerful. Right. Let's talk about where you've been and what you've seen and where you've played. <clears throat> where do you want okay. to start? Tell me about so, your, some of your favorite rounds and most memorable rounds and why they were such. Um, well, gosh, so kind of where this started in 2019, a business friend of mine. So I, I played some good golf, but not a huge amount of great golf. Okay. And uh, a, a business friend of mine, an older guy, he rents a house on the 14th hole at Pebble Beach for a month every single year. Okay. So obviously this guy's in a different tax bracket than all of us. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's an older house and he just plays golf and, and lives at Pebble Beach for a month. So he, I do business with him and he invited me and my business partner to go out there. Mm-hmm. So, and he knows connections. So he's able to get us on Pebble without having to stay at the resort, which saved a ton of money. Yeah. So, nice. and so we went out and visited, played Pebble. And that's when I was like, wait a second, like, there's a level to golf here that I didn't even know existed. This is unbelievable. <laughs> and it just blew my mind, right? It was so much better than anything else I'd ever played that all of a sudden I was like, okay, I need to, I need to get out more. I need to golf more. That spyglass in Spanish Bay, just that's probably where the bug really started. And immediately okay. I started looking at top 100 lists and trying to figure out, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to start playing more golf and finding ways onto these courses. Um, so that was definitely the moment where kind of, I started travel golf and that was late 2019. Oh, wow. So not that long ago. And then three months after that's when I joined Prairie Dunes in Kansas, um, which that's probably where things really kicked into gear. Cause all, you know, now (laughs) I'm a member of a, you know, a really good country club, even though it's affordable, it's like a working man's country club is what I'd call it. Um, probably the only working man's country club I would think in the top 25, you know, um, and then the people I've met from that, just the most amazing people in Kansas. There's a bunch of awesome, just regular people there. No pretentiousness yeah. at all. And then that opened tons of doors to be able to go out and, and play a lot more golf and a lot more private golf and get to see some cooler places. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Tobacco Road. You just got back. And um, I just kind of loved it. I love that you, even though you've been there before. Mm-hmm. And, and you experienced it. And this is the third time you've went. So just kind of talk through how your opinion of the place and how it changed and why it changed. Because I, I really yeah. enjoyed this this thing that you, you talked about. So Tobacco Road, uh, probably most listeners know about it, but it's obviously kind of a zany course. Have you played it? I haven't. I haven't. Okay. I, I, I haven't been to this. I mean, I'm just discovering the Midwest stuff, you know, like Sand <laughs> yeah. Valley and Forest Dunes and stuff like that. But uh, I haven't done enough over there in the Southeast yet. I got to get down there. Yeah. So I played it like 10 years ago on a business trip and this was book, okay. like, I wasn't golfing a lot, but I threw my clubs with us and it was an hour from this plant we were visiting. So I said, Hey, let's go play this course. It's supposed to be good, but I knew nothing about it. No caddy, okay. no GPS back then. It didn't exist. Um, <laughs> no range finder, no target book, uh, yardage book. And if you know, tobacco road, it's just a bunch of blind shots. Right. Yeah. And so you just literally have no idea what to do. So we get there. I probably shoot 110. 
It's 30 mile an hour winds. And I don't know where to aim. You just walk up to your ball. and like, I don't even know where I'm hitting. And I thought it was the dumbest golf course I'd ever played. I mean, just the worst thing ever. Clown golf. Mm-hmm. Everything's blind yeah. there. I mean, I'm, yeah. half your shots are blind. And if you can imagine not knowing where to hit and having to hit blind shots, it's a pretty miserable experience. It's a disaster. Yeah. Disaster. So going back, now we have GPS. I know where to hit. I know that Mike Strance was a crazy genius who loved craziness. And it really became a much cooler experience. It, it was so much fun. I could appreciate it a lot more. And so it went from like, why does everyone like this course? To, okay, I get it now. It's still not my favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, it's just a really cool course. And I love the fact that it's very different. Um, yeah. It still is a very mixed reaction. Like we had eight guys and half of them, it was their least favorite course. Because a lot of people want to see their ball land. Um, <laughs> like, and it, you don't get to see your ball land a lot there. So I get that. Yeah. And I, yeah, and, that, and that's kind of where ultimately it's subjective, right? Right. But my taste have evolved for sure. I know when you were talking to Brian Tweed, he talked a lot about Parkland style golf or a dub stride with deep rough and punishing yeah. golf. Yeah. I don't need punishing golf anymore. I'll still play it and enjoy it because I love golf all the time. Right. But right. I would much rather play courses that are friendlier, more creativity, funner, because hitting out of rough isn't fun. It just isn't. Um, hitting a punch shot out of trees with on, on pilot needles, that's fun. You can, you know, it, it's a lot more creative and fun. Um, right. So I think it's okay to evolve. I've definitely evolved. My tastes have changed over the last two years tremendously. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I think, um, you know, again, I haven't gotten out nearly enough. Uh, hitting, I'm going to, I'm playing French Lick <clears throat> this week um, or next week with, uh, I'll be there for the first time. I don't know if you've played that one or not, but. Um, I've but played I've the Ross really, course and you'll love have it. You? Okay. It's awesome. I can't, yeah, I can't wait. Plus like I've, I'm really starting to, again, I'm still learning the architecture stuff and, and I haven't played that many um, styles or whatever. Um, but Donald Ross is really, uh, I like oh. his stuff a lot. Yeah. He's I know, one of my I know that's a very, sure. that's a very <laughs> shocking statement, <clears throat> but I get, yeah, I get that. Um, but anyways, to your point of I, like when I, last year I played Mammoth Dunes um, for the, you know, just, I got played played it once, but I thought it was the most fun, like it's just the most fun golf course mm-hmm. that I could ever I could ever play. Like it's super wide open, and I was playing with someone who's a scratch golfer, so we were playing a very very different game. Like he was going after those angles, and I was just like, I just wanted to land somewhere in front of me, and it would yeah. because it's just all there in front of you, and uh, and it was just so much fun, and you could use the ground a lot more. I love using the ground. Um, same with like the loop at Forest Dunes. I I love that golf course where you can just, I don't know, you get to play like, yeah. like, like a kid. You just, you're playing around like, I'm going to try to do this and see what happens. Like, yeah, you're not digging out of, you know, real thick, rough. And, and I live in the Midwest, obviously I live in Chicago and that's what we've got. Yeah. That's a lot of <laughs> your golf, right? Yeah. Right. And I'm like right. I said, I'm not opposed to that kind of golf. I like it. Yeah. And I think for really good players, it serves its purpose, right? Like we need challenging courses for those guys. Sure. Um, yeah. And I want to play them all once. You know, I want to play winged foot, oh, even sure. though it'll be miserable. I still want to play it, <laughs> but I'm probably going to enjoy, you know, the, the clubs that are made more for fun and creativity when I actually yeah. play it. And so that's yeah. definitely where I've kind of my mind shifted. You know, I still love every golf. Like I said, I'll play any course. I'll always have fun. Oh yeah, for sure. 
Um, are you a list guy? Like, are you, are you like compiling your own top 100? So I am. Yeah, I have a spreadsheet. It's not like, I don't put a lot of time into it, but every time I play new courses, I throw it in there and I just kind of think, where do I think it lands? And I've pretty much accepted that most great courses, it's just preference. I mean, there is nothing, there is no recipe. So it's, yeah. It's, hey, I, I really like this course better than this one, and I can't even tell you why. Um, yeah, yeah. And a lot of that. But, yeah, definitely. I have the list going. I think I'm up to – I just hit 200 courses in my life, um, really? which is pretty good, right? It's nothing compared that's, to some of these guys on Twitter. but uh, That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty good. It's pretty good, though, yeah. yeah. Um, but I've probably added, you know, 40 or 50 in the last two years, which is more – you know, that's the fun part. It took me 15 years. You know, I was averaging five or ten a year and um, – and most of those were munis, like in Utah or places I lived. In Utah, I played like almost every muni I could find and every public really? course I could find. And so that's like 40 of the yeah. courses right there. Right. Um, I was going to yeah, ask you, one of the questions I was going to ask, like, do you play just normal golf? Like on a normal <laughs> golf course? <laughs> yes. So actually, um, I, I never had a local membership until COVID. Um, in fact, oh, yeah. three, three, four months ago, I would just, we'd just play whatever local muni had a great buy muni is where I'd play. Um, okay. because of COVID, it can't get tea times anymore. Like I'm not yeah. the type who wants to be on the phone at 6am to call and get a tea time, uh, to, you know, eight days ahead. So me mm-hmm. and some friends joined a club called Castle Hill. It's just a good solid club here in town. And I try to golf three times a week, like just regular golf. So that's kind of goal. golf this morning. Anytime the weather is nice, we try to golf basically. Really? God, that's so awesome. Especially because you, yeah, you do get, you good. Now, did you, when you're in, you're in Texas, so I don't know what the, if, if like we had golf actually taken away from us for whatever it was, three weeks or something. Did you experience yes. that too? Did you? Um, yeah. Not, it was never entirely. And it was, I think there was a brief week or two where there was no golf. Um, there were yeah. still people allowing golf, but I mean, this is Texas. We don't, we're open now. Nobody cares. And, and it seems like right. it's doing fine. So more power to them. And, um, <laughs> right. But yeah, we didn't, we didn't lose golf for long. Most of our okay. lost golf was just to, because golf courses got too busy. Um, and, okay. and even now, like trying to get a tee time at it's a crazy. local muni, that's a good course. Good luck. <laughs> I know. Um, you, you better be on your game. So it, if we play, like we book ours the same day we play ours for the following weekend. Yes. Like that's, that's what we have to do. Otherwise yeah. forget it. Yeah. You're, it's, you're screwed. There's no way. Um, it's, I mean, that's bizarre for guys like us that have been in this, doing this now for a long time to see this boom. It's really kind of shocking to the system. Yes. Oh yeah. It's wacky. Like I said, it's just, it's weird. It's like, I just find yeah. it so weird that a pandemic <laughs> triggered a golf boom. Like that's the kind of thing that no one would have ever predicted. Um, but I, I, I think a lot of people are going to stay cause golf's awesome. And once you get the bug, it's hard to leave. So I think golf's going to be in for a, a good few years with people just hooked on the game. Um, now exactly. a lot of people are going to, you know, people work from home. Um, and that clearly means golfing for a lot of people that's going to go away, I think <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> over the next year. Um, so just by nature, they will get less busy, but I, I think Saturday and Sunday tea times are going to be hell for a long time coming. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, some of us were like you where we actually, we did consider like, man, do we need to get a membership just so we can have a permanent tea time? Which yeah. is like, we, 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 
we don't really want to because there are some fun courses. We have like a little rotation that we kind of hit mm -hmm. and, and the whole thing. And we're like, ah, oh, you know, I don't want to commit to a place, whatever. Um, but yeah, man, if you wanted to to lock in that tea time, that's one of those things you had to do. Um, you kind of uh, so we'll we'll close this thing out. But I, you do you have a bit of a kind of obsessive personality? Like when you do <laughs> something, you do it like full steam. Like you did the golf thing, and it was that was it. You're in full blown golf. You did the gaming thing. You were full blown golf. Like, is there no sort of meh with you? It's either this or that. Like, it's yeah, that's pretty much it's weird because I'm a super lazy person. Um, <laughs> I'm lazy. I don't have good discipline. I don't. And, and so, but there's always like one thing that I'm working and focused on at a time. So it's either, it was video games, it was call of duty, it was golf, it was business. But it's only one at a time. My brain can't handle multiple things, apparently. Yeah. And and yeah. so yeah, I get I get obsessive about something. Um, hopefully this one, like usually eventually it peters out, right? You just burn out. Right. Uh, right. hopefully that golf is the game that has stuck with me for twenty years. And even though there were times I couldn't golf, I never stopped loving it. It's just I couldn't sure. golf. Um, yeah. so hopefully it stays because it takes a long time to play all the good courses. <laughs> um, and I mean, some of them I'll never play obviously, but even to play half of the top 200 is going to take me the next 20 years probably. So, um, right. I, yeah. I hope it, it stays my obsession for a long time. Have you done, have you gone across the Atlantic and played <sighs> anything over there yet? Nope. Uh, I haven't yeah, even played in the Northeast. I haven't played in Illinois, Michigan. I mean, I haven't even touched oh, the surface, Chris. It's Rick. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to see, man. we got some yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and so especially Michigan, man, holy cow. Oh. Michigan's got some great golf. My goodness. Yeah. So, I mean, I haven't even scratched the surface and so, yeah. I, and then I got to do Scotland. I got to do Ireland. And the big one I want to do in probably 2023 is New Zealand, Australia. Cause that's like a month. I feel like if I'm going to fly, I don't know if you've yeah. been there. How long is that flight? It's like 24 hours or something crazy. Oh, it's um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. If I'm going to do that, I need a month. And so I'm hoping like 2023, that would be like the dream trip, the once in a lifetime. Yeah. Uh, I am, I don't know if you can tell by looking at me, I am half Japanese. And so my super dream trip would be Japan um, for golf. But yeah. all of their good courses are ultra private. And I have good connections, but certainly not in Japan. I don't know. You, don't you know, <laughs> I, I don't have, um, but that would be my super dream trip would be to play the, the top courses in Japan. Um, Man. I don't, that's going to be a tough one to put together. Um, but that would be the the ultimate. Yeah. The, um, some of the golf courses in like New Zealand look like they're on another planet. Oh yeah. You know, it's just, whoa, man. Crazy. Yeah. Man. They're all insane. And then you have Australia and now you have Tasmania. Apparently you have to add that to the trip too. I, right. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Tasmania and, golf is a thing. And the problem is every time you look, there's a new top 100 golf course opening somewhere, which doesn't make sense, right? Math wise, like that has to stop at some point, but, um, and so it just never ends. Like, I feel like it's a never ending quest. So just, you got, if you, if you, that's why I don't do the top 100 quest because I feel yeah. like it'll never end. And I don't want to have, I don't want to die thinking I made this quest to do a hundred and I got 91 of them done. So I'm just going to play all the good courses. I don't care where they're ranked and just hopefully I've played a ton of them when I'm dead. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Do you have, uh, like, uh, do you put together, I know you're, I know you're, you're super lazy, your words, yeah. 
No, it's true. <laughs> but, but if you ask my you, business but, partners, you would, you would, um, they would agree with me. But do you put together a uh, itinerary for the year, or how do you like map this stuff out? How do you plan this stuff out? No, so truly, what I do, and it infuriates some people because I don't plan ahead. I have nothing planned this year, really, past June, I think. Um, usually, it's like I want to play this course. So, like when I played Concession in March. It was on okay, TV yeah. and I was like, that course looks awesome. So got on the course. And so then it's like, where else can I play there? And then I pick a few courses and I find a date wow. and then I go and do it. And so that's what I try to do is if I can get an invite somewhere good, I'll just base a trip around that. So if someone yeah. invites me to a course in June in New York or, or Philly, I'm supposed to go to Philly at some point, I'll just pick a date that works for him. And then I'll try to fill in around it. And it usually works okay. out. Okay. So, and, uh, but yeah, I, I don't plan ahead. I'll have to plan Australia ahead, obviously, but that'll be an exception. That's true. But the nice thing is if you really do go there for a month, uh, the nice thing would be is that you, it wouldn't be like super compressed and like trying to, I mean, you'll yes. still play golf every day, but like, you know, it can be, you can take a breath, you know, compared yeah. to some of your trips, I'm sure are just like in golf, 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 golf out. Right. Yeah. In, in fact, we played mid pines and pine needles on my last, in my NC trip on the same day. And I actually felt like it was unfair to pine needles because I played mid pines right after. And by the time I was yeah. done with mid pines, I was like, I can't even remember the yeah. holes of pine needles. And yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I want to play 18 or 36 of the same course rather than play these great courses and, but rush so much in, you can't remember them because my yeah. memory is not that good too. Not only am I lazy, <laughs> but I don't have a good memory. So right. you, yeah, know, you don't want to be like, just, you don't want to be checking boxes just to check boxes that kind right. of defeats the purpose, right? Like you really want to do, you want to experience these golf courses and enjoy them and remember them. Exactly. Yeah. I want to remember every yeah. damn hole and, and it takes a good course. Like um, you were just talking to someone about this the other day, how some people have those photographic memories yeah. and if it's not a tremendous course with a lot of hole by hole originality. I can't remember anything. Like I really yep. struggle with that. And so when I can remember every hole, I know that course was spectacular because yep. I'm just, I'm not that smart. So yeah, right. uh, I'm terrible at that. Like, um, but, and I always thought this, I always, I did. So again, I, I didn't play a lot of good golf courses or whatever you want to call it um, until the past few years. And I always thought when people talked about and they, they would reminisce about a hole and a golf course, I'd be like, how, how do you do that? <laughs> right. But it just turns out I wasn't playing the right golf courses. Yes. Because that's certainly part I, of it. Yeah. When I play, like when I played Mammoth Dunes, I can tell you about shots that I made or didn't make when I put my, like, it just depends on where you are and, and that kind of thing. And, and I think that at least for me, like, I don't have, like you're saying, I don't have the brain, uh, capacity or ability to, to just remember every hole on every golf course. It seems crazy to me. Um, yes. probably too many like Pearl Jam lyrics stuff, <laughs> <in my brain. laughs> that stuff. Yeah. but yeah, and like the, the special courses, I can remember that kind of stuff. And that's where like, I'm not a golf course architecture nerd, but what really sets it apart for me is like, if you play a normal course, you'll like it. You can have a great memories, but you might remember one or two holes. doesn't mean yeah. it's not a great course. Yeah, sure. But when you play the great ones, you're going to remember every hole. if not, you know, 14 or 15 of them. And mm -hmm. that, and that's usually mm -hmm. architecture based. Sometimes it's based on an ocean or whatever. Um, right. But even on ocean courses, like I played um, an alien Hawaii. I remember one hole, the one on the ocean. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't remember right. the rest right. of the course. Right. And so yeah. that just shows you where, where architecture matters, 
even if you don't know who the architect is or you don't know the terminology, you don't know what a Baritz is or which I don't right. really know about that stuff. Right. If you just remember every hole, it's probably a special place. And there's not that many courses where you can really. Agree. Agree. Um, all right. One last question. Go for it. What was it about golf that got you? Oh, that's tough. I, I think, um, and I think with Arnold Palmer, who also said this, it's just the, the feeling of a great golf, golf shot. You know, the, the compression of a golf ball going where you want to go. Because it's not, you remember putts and shifts a lot because sometimes they're your mm-hmm. coolest shots of the day. But man, when you pure a golf ball, I mean, right. it's just, it's an unbelievable feeling. Like I still, I mean, what have I hit? 50,000 golf balls in my life. And yet today I hit some perfect shots. You know, not many. It might've been five the whole round right. and that's the best feeling in the world. You know, it doesn't make sense. We're simple creatures, I guess, but it's, it's still the best thing in the world. I totally, yeah, I totally agree. There's something that connects ball through the club into your brain that releases some kind of endorphins. I'm, I'm convinced of it. Yeah. When and you, I guess yeah, when you, yeah, there's just something special about it. And then adding in great golf courses, adding in great friends. And now you got to, you got yourself a stew going. It's a, it's a, just an awesome thing. That's right. All right, man. This was fun. Thanks for yeah, doing this. I hope you had a good time. Uh, Thanks for having I me. I had a great time. I had yeah. a great time. And I mean, really true. I mean, so have you gone back to Alaska to play any golf? Oh yeah. I go back. I'm going back in July. I try to go back. Uh, we didn't go back last year, obviously, but I have family up there. So I try to go back every year, take the whole family up and, okay. uh, and we golf every time. It, it's a different type of golf up there, but it's yeah, very I was gonna ask, like, Well, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's unbelievably it's, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So it's but beautiful. How, I mean, but how long is that season? In Anchorage, it's changed uh, with whatever climate changes. It's longer yeah. now. It's like a solid oh, six, really? seven months now. Uh, when I was growing up, I mean, you were on temp greens often until June. Um, yeah. Which is like I said, I when I say this, I wasn't breaking 100 yet. But one of my motivators to leave Alaska was a short season for golf. It was that, <laughs> you know, and the bunkers aren't good. The quality is bad. If you play winter golf, but but. Alaska is just different. Everything's dead. And so when it comes right. back, it's not as good, um, but it's awesome. And I would recommend anyone golf there. There's no good golf architecture, but the scenery and the yeah. place. And, and you will see large moose and you will see bears on the course. And you don't get that in most places. So I, God, no, I was going to say like, it's not, it's not golf course architecture. It's just like, you know, God architecture, like mother yeah. nature architecture, right? <laughs> exactly. And, and I'll tell you what, there's no better architect than God. Like nothing is just right. the way it is, right? The right. best holes in the world weren't designed. They were 90% designed before the human got there. So yep. Alaska is yep. more like giant mountains and a bear, but you're going to remember it. <laughs> you might not remember the golf hole, but you'll remember the rest. Right. That's awesome. All right. And you, you do honest to God, if you come up here, man, if you come to Chicago, I've, I got a list for you. I mean, I mean, you have a lot of sources up here. I mean, golf Twitter, I feel like our little circle is full of a bunch of crazy Midwestern. Oh yeah. There's a ton of you guys. I don't know what the deal is. We're we're everywhere. So yeah, come up (laughs) and, uh, and we'll get out and maybe I'll, I mean, I can, you know, maybe I can pull a string or two and get you on one of those, like got to get on courses that I like it readily available. And I also, um, you were talking to someone recently about like Ravislow or, uh, yeah, any, Great public course. I don't, I play a lot of fancy courses, but really I, I will play anywhere and I just love anything yeah. with, with some history. Classics are yeah. my favorite. So, you know, 
That'd be yeah, awesome. that's a cool. The kind of cool thing about this area is that there is some kind of secret little quiet history around. I mean, you know, Ravislow is is a Ross, and mm-hmm. and um, you know, we've got Lasonia. You know, Jake Weaver's. The oh yeah, Jake Weaver's. I life. cannot wait to play Lasonia. Yeah, that's man. I would love to go. I would. My new thing kind of is taking. I want to watch people play that course for the first time, <laughs> and re, and kind of live through them because. It's just such a great place. It, the whole vibe of the place is great. The golf course is amazing. They're redoing. They're going to renovate the other course, which I'm excited to to go and play this year. So, um, yeah, come on up. And it's like you know, for the whole day, it's 150 bucks or something. Yeah, and you just I mean, that, you just run that course over and over. It. And it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So I will um, I will be up there. We'll play this year. That's I'm making Sweet. that promise right now. Nice. Yeah, and, but delete delete it if I fail. But yeah. <laughs> edited that out but. all right i'll update the podcast after the fact or i'll just <laughs> I'll, I'll interject right here and be like rick lied to me <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i will i will definitely be making it within three hours of you so hopefully we'll, we'll do that that's that's close enough for me okay perfect that's close enough for me all right man thanks awesome thanks for having me